You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live from Armory Studios in Central Florida, you're listening to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Drop all gas, no break. And now, give it up for your hosts, CJ, Kevin, Jimmy, and Harrison. Take it away, boys. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller Simone. And as you can see, by the face that's sitting right next to me here, Mr. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine is currently taking care of business with his mom. His mom is actually going in for shoulder surgery tomorrow. So we wish her the best of, of health and the best of luck. Kevin Jackson is currently on assignment at an undisclosed location. I have been asked not to reveal his top secret location and where he's at. So I hope he's having fun doing whatever it is that he's doing. So yours truly is going to be flying the ship solo this evening. Not my first rodeo. But tonight, I got a very special guest who's going to be joining me. Ladies and gentlemen, Chaos is in the building. Give it up for Mr. Jeremy Cravat! Jeremy, what's going on, brother man? Welcome. I love that intro. <laughs> Welcome to Weapons Hot. Oh, man, How it's are Friday you, man? and the bell just rang. <laughs> I'm good. It's Friday. The bell just rang. The kids are gone. I didn't have enough time to go home, but um, it's nice and quiet on this campus, and I got a nice weekend ahead, so I'm excited about that. We got a great game coming up. I'm all excited to see some football on Sunday, that's for sure, and I'm excited to talk about the Jets right now. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. So, um, you know, obviously – we have a lot to unpack, all right? Jets beat the Texans 21-14 uh, to 14 in Houston. Great showing by the Jets fan base. Shout-out to Miss Alexis, Alexis Gepner and HoustonJetFans.com. They put on one hell of a tailgate. They put on one hell of a show. A lot of people had a lot of good fun. Shout-out to my boy Michael Garris and Keith Farrell from the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. They were there in the house, Michael, with, with, with his wife, Tabitha who is a diehard Texans fan, so I'm sure she was very disappointed by the result. But, nevertheless, Jets come out on top in a game that some people thought that they were going to lose, including yours truly. A game in which Zach Wilson came back and did not really look very good. We're going to talk about that. And I also want to bring up another point on this show, as we're talking about the Jets-Texans, that I think needs to be said. I had a fellow fan of a Weapons Hot uh, message me privately and talk to me about a couple of things and asked me to bring this up on the show. And when I actually did some real deep, hard thinking about this subject, I think, yeah, it is, it, it is appropriate to bring this up on the show. So we're going to do that in a little bit. But first things first, Jeremy, before we do anything, I, I know you got a new YouTube channel that's out. I want you to plug yourself, and then after you finish plugging yourself, I want you to segue right into Jets-Texans. Tell me what you saw. Tell me what you thought. The whole shebang. Floor is yours, my friend. Go for it. Okay, so you can find me on YouTube. My new channel's name is NFL Chaos with Jeremy. It is Jets-centric for sure. It does a lot on the NFL. So there's videos. I'm just getting content up there. There's videos on predictions of all the games. I do a post-game show with my brother. We do some watch parties of some games that impact the Jets but aren't necessarily Jet games. Like this Sunday, we'll be doing the Seattle game because, and obviously, for obvious reasons, we'll be rooting against the Seahawks. Um, so... And I, you know, I also work a lot with Green Bean and cover, you know, do um, game day stuff with him too for the Jets and on his channel. You'll see me there a lot, and you'll see me on Weapons Hot every once in a while, apparently. And that's a pleasure to be here, and I always will love being here. Um, going into that game, uh, or back to the Houston game. Um, hey, I'm not going to lie, I flipped out a little bit in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that first quarter was tough to watch and I was starting to have a little bit of Zach panic. Then I was reminded very quickly and pulled back by people and calmed down. You know, the chaos sometimes gets a little out of control. 
that what we were really watching, and somebody put this as a quote, I saw it all over Twitter, and it's just so true, as a quote by uh, Mike LaFleur, and it was basically, what you're watching is a 22-year-old quarterback who hasn't played for a month. And what I liked about the game was, these were my favorite things and takeaways, was as bad as it looked in the beginning, um, Zach Wilson settled down. The team overcame. The defense stepped up in a big, big way, right? Everyone is forgetting we gave up no points in the second half. Um, and everything calmed down and we played a lot better and we established ourselves as better than the Texans. And people could say all they want, oh, they're a 2-8 and eight team. But you know what? When you're a 2-8 and eight team and you're playing a 2-8 and eight team, it's good to know that you could crush the other 2-8 and eight team and beat the other 2-8 and eight team because it's kind of like, where are we as a team? Last year we were 2-14 and 14 and, you know, top two worst teams in football now we're going into games believing and seeing that we can win and we're capable of playing well with this new regime one thing i, I do want to say about zach wilson on his touchdown run okay so now imagine this is a rookie quarterback who's starting his seventh game he has how much experience on that running play where he ran the ball into the end zone that was not the play that was zach wilson pulling a veteran move he pulled back the handoff that was called because he immediately read that it wasn't going to work he saw what was going on with the defense he pulled back the ball and rushed for that touchdown. Otherwise, we have a running back getting stuffed at the goal line. So for a rookie to make that decision, to have the leadership quality and the we call it the chutzpah, to make that decision on his own, Hell yeah! Um, I love that. So that was a huge positive takeaway for me. Yeah, one of the, one of the things, I mean, like, look, there, there, were, there were some positives to be taken out of this game. I don't want to sit here and, and, and poo-poo about the game and poo-poo about a, 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 about a win. I don't want to be one of those, one of those fans that's just going to complain ab, uh, about a New York Jets win, especially with the fact that it, they're, they're very few, very hard, very few, you know, t- uh, this season to talk about. You know, we've, we've been much maligned. We've had a lot of people who have, who have thought a couple of different things about this team. In regards to the defense, in regards to the quarterback situation, in regards to the offense, in regards to special teams, how special teams has been a little bit of an issue. Matt Amendola, our kicker, leaving valuable points on the field where points are so ridiculously valuable when you are playing on a football team that is struggling so much in the way that the New York Jets are struggling. You know, everything just gets magnified 10,000 times. Because of the fact that you're struggling. And when you struggle in the manner that the New York Jets have this entire, this entire season, okay? They have lacked consistency, they ha- except on the defensive side of the ball. And that consistency came back to bite them in the ass in the fact that they got blown out in five straight games, Okay? You know, granted if you want, if it's not technically five straight games, but... If you take a look at the Cincinnati game that they won 34-31, in which they had to come from behind, they very well, that game could have very well have gotten away from them if they did not make a comeback in the fourth quarter. We've seen the defense being completely overtaxed. We've seen players go down, and when players go down, the defensive unit just doesn't play the same. This has been the heart of fan angst, right? In the Patriots game, when they lost 54-13, to C.J. Mosley, not available for that game. What happened? The defense fell apart. When fans complained about the defense, like myself, the excuses started to fly. Oh, well, C.J. Mosley wasn't in, the, wasn't in the lineup for that game. That's the reason why the Jets lost. These can no longer be acceptable excuses anymore, Jeremy. Fast forward all the way... To Jets versus Texans. Did Zach Wilson be able to break out of his funk. And show up a little bit more in the second half. When the Jets were down. To start putting putting points on the board. Yes he did. But are we, we're starting to see the same things that we saw at the beginning of the season. Right? New York Jets offense can't do squat for the first half of the game. Right? Dig yourself a 14 point hole. 17 point hole. 21 point hole. Pick your number. And then all of a sudden, you have to turn it on and play 30 minutes of football. That's unacceptable. I don't care where you're coming from. 
I don't care what the excuse is. Robert Sala is a rookie head coach. Mike LaFleur, uh, uh, he's a rookie offensive coordinator. Zach Wilson, he's a rookie quarterback. What's the biggest thing that was talked about the entire offseason, Jeremy? And I know you were on for a couple shows, especially on Weapons Hot After Dark, when we are a little bit more... Let, when we're a little bit less restricted with the language that we could use and the subject matter that we can talk about. How many times did we talk about the word accountability? How many times was that word brought up, Jeremy? Nonstop. I mean, that was, was going to be the whole culture change was going to be built around that. Right. So here's the issue that I'm having. The issue that I'm having is I get Zach Wilson has only played for six games. I get he's coming off a knee injury. I get after this game he was still a little bit gimpy because he supposedly tweaked his ankle. I didn't see where he tweaked his ankle. I saw him limp a little bit in the fourth quarter, but I didn't feel like the limp was enough where that made me hold my breath. Okay? We've seen Mike White in this offense put up 110 more yards of offense than Zach Wilson. We've seen this offense as a whole put up more numbers with Mike White under center. We saw this offense as a whole, even in a blowout, put up more numbers with Josh Johnson under center. I'm not going to say anything about Joe Flacco because I thought that Joe Flacco starting against Miami was a completely asinine decision. And I think that it was done out of fear Because if Mike White would have went out and completely lit up the Miami Dolphins, like a lot of fans seem to think, that we would have ourselves a bona fide quarterback controversy. Now, that being said, I want to turn my attention to Zach Wilson. This is the problem that's going on with Zach Wilson. Not just in the Houston game, but it's been starting from the beginning of the season. I get he's six games in. Get that he still has fundamentals that he needs to work on. But those fundamentals right now are what's killing him. Because without those fundamentals, without being able to throw the cloud, that that I like to call it, to the bubble screen, Elijah Moore, Ty Johnson, the two-yard out, three-yard out, three-yard curl, five-yard interior slant. Seven-yard H-post, right? All typical underneath routes when a defense knows that you can chuck the ball 70 yards and you got not one, but two guys on the field that can rip the top off the defense at will. Maybe three if you want to throw Corey Davis in there when he's not hurt. But you got Corey Davis, you got Denzel Mims, And you got Elijah Moore, right? Three weapons. Three weapons that should be ripping defenses to shreds right now. Not being used properly. We saw when they are used properly with Mike White, with Josh Johnson, a little bit with Joe Flacco. I don't want to completely throw him under the bus. But... For the time that Zach had, has sat, I'm sure he must have been watching tape. I'm sure he was in the quarterback meetings. I'm sure he must have been asking a ton of questions. But you know what the kid's mentality is, Jeremy? The kid's mentality is to, grow, to throw the ball as hard and as far as he possibly can. I went back and I watched the Houston game again. Three times I watched the game. Not just Sunday. Not just Monday to do research for for, uh, for for mission briefs, but I watched it again. I, I, I watched it in bits and pieces today on my lunch break. Okay? And the reason being I did was because I specifically wanted to look at Zach. His throwing motion. His delivery. What is he doing in the pocket? Does he have happy feet? Does he have steady feet? Is he confident when he throws the ball? Okay? The kid can do everything off script that you could ever ask him to do. He can extend the play. He can make guys miss. He can chuck a ball 60, 70 yards across his body and drop it on a dime as long as he's got an open receiver. 
But I need him to be able to hit the underneath and intermediate routes because that is ultimately what is going to lead to the long-term success of this offense being, being viable for this football team. Do you agree or disagree with that point of view? I agree 100%. He has to be able to hit the intermediate passes and the short passes because you can't live, and it's being proven, but we're watching it. You can't live by just throwing deep because it's too easy for the defense, right? I mean, you're allowing them to keep men out of the box. They don't. It, you're taking the threat of the short pass away. Um, those are the plays that make up the game. That's the meat of the game, right? I mean, big plays are great, and, and but the way you set up the big play is with those short intermediate passes, those short, those screen passes. That's what forces defenses to put more men in the box to be able. They, it means they can't cheat. They can't give up the, you know, you force them to stop giving up the small stuff. And that's when you can take the top off and you can go deep. But that's not going to work if the other team isn't afraid of short game. So um, I agree 100%. I think the problem is because I watched Zach in college. I've watched almost every play he's played in college. I know he's capable of throwing intermediate passes. I know he's capable of throwing screen passes. He's got to take accountability. It's what you're saying is he's got to own it, that he's got to get back to, the fundamentals. He has to be able to throw those passes. And, you know, if you ask me to guess what's going on, I would say he's overthinking. Uh, he's a little overwhelmed. And, like, that needs to be involuntary muscle. That must that needs to just be there. Like, right. it shouldn't be that you have to focus hard on throwing a five-yard pass. It just has to be automatic. So he needs to work on that part of it. Literally just have a catch and just get some touch again and just focus on just – the fundamentals of being able to pass the ball. Yeah, you're right. And, and this is what I mean by the cloud, Jeremy. If you go, what, one of the things that I noticed, and I'm actually glad you brought this up, one of the things I noticed in the Texans game, and it really aggravated me because it also, it, it also contributes to the amount of drop passes that the New York Jets have this season, is Zach Wilson throws a tremendous like dart. And he's throwing this ball as hard as he possibly can with all of his arm strength. So it makes it a very difficult ball to catch. Okay? I'm not going to make excuses for the receivers. You're, prof- you're a professional. You're, you're paid to catch the ball. Catch the damn ball. Alright? But. He's got to take a little bit of mustard off. That he, He's got to. He's, he's got to calm down with those passes. Got to calm down. You have to be able to put some touch on the ball. Know when you got to chuck it. And know when you need to put touch on it. Because that's what's killing him right now. And the thing is, is that I don't want to make it sound like I want the kid to fail or I hate the kid or I I don't want him here or whatever. I was happy when we drafted him. I was happy that the kids got an opportunity to come here and to be the guy. uh, When people start comparing Zach Wilson to Steve Young, they start comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. They start comparing him to, to Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, shut up. That's not what I want. I want Zach Wilson to be the best possible Zach Wilson that he can be. Forget Patrick Mahomes. Forget Aaron Rodgers. Forget Drew Brees. Give me Zach Wilson at 110%, the competent NFL quarterback, so he could win games. Okay? When he starts being able to amass stats and and amass career completions and career achievements, then you can compare him to Patrick Mahomes and you could compare him to Aaron Rodgers and you could compare him to Drew Brees, Tom Brady, whoever you want. Okay? The kid's got to figure it out first. And right now, what's aggravating me is the fact that you got three guys in front of him, one who's a, two of them who are career journeymen, one of them who's washed up, still, still clinging on to the last little bit that he's got. And they're still executing the offense better than this kid, and this kid's supposed to be the future. But the excuses will come out in full force. They will come out in full force about Zach doesn't have this, Zach doesn't have that, Zach doesn't have the talent, the offensive line is trash, the blocking is trash, this is trash, that's trash. Dude, I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of the excuses for Zach Wilson. I'm tired of the excuses for the offensive line because we did the same crap with Sam Darnold. And you want to know something? Sam Darnold being over in Carolina now, now we know the true deal that that kid was a waste of a draft pick. Now, you could say that the Jets drafted him into a bad situation, and I know I've said that, but the kid has not done himself any favors. Okay? 
He's not. And the New York Jets historically have been a meat grinder for, for quarterbacks. Why? Because we've had crappy coaching. We've had crappy talent around. We've had a, a, a lack of depth, skill position talent. And most of all, coaching. And most of all, and another thing, direction. Okay? So I don't want to hear any more excuses about Zach's a rookie. He's only played six games. He's got, he's got to figure it out. This is not the NCAA. This is not BYU anymore. Because you know what? Jeremy, if you think I'm being hard on the kid right now, New York media is completely crucifying this kid. There are people from other fan, other fan bases, other fan bases of other teams writing articles like, thank God we didn't draft Zach Wilson. What a mess. What are your thoughts? He has to show progress. If he doesn't get better and he plays like this, yes, he's a rookie, but he's got to yeah, – I mean, if he doesn't get better, how is it any different Like, like than what we went through with Sam? Um, he has got to come out against the Eagles even. If he can't come out again and be have a horrendous first quarter and play a little better, no. He has to come and play from the first snap better football. And, yes, we have the right – Fans should expect an NFL player, any quarterback, whether they were the third pick overall or not, to be able to complete those passes, to be able to dump those balls off and run this offense. Um, There's no reason or no excuse that he couldn't, like, dump a ball off to a a running back. I mean, it's like, okay, if the offensive line doesn't give you the time, you've got to be able to dump the ball off to a running back. I mean, we saw Mike White do it so successfully. Um why can't Zach Wilson do that? Why can't he just get rid of the ball? Why can't he just, I mean, they must be coaching him. If it's not there, right. dump it off. Here's your safety valve. Almost every play that you make a design has a safety valve. It has somebody that that's, you could dump it off to. Or there were like at least two times, the one time he was limping a little bit and he scared everybody that he was hurt, that play, throw the ball away. He's playing around. He's right. risking a safety. Then he's running with the ball. He's risking get throw the ball away. How many times have we had to tell him? It's like, you don't have to win the game this play. Just throw the ball away, punt it, we'll go back and do it again later. So, and this is is the reason why, you know, if if you want to go and you want to pick up a couple of different things, if you want to go and you want to point to the running game, maybe the the running game not being as, as what we had hoped at the beginning of the year, I'm sorry, but that's on the running back rotation. We haven't gotten a running back rotation. Thank goodness that Michael Carter has actually showed he's as good as advertised, okay? But Ty Johnson, Ty Johnson fumbles, okay? I don't think he's very good in pass protection. There are other people that disagree with me, but I'm sorry. My, my eyes don't lie. When, when you go and you have a guy who's barreling right past you and you can't do anything to chip block him and he has a free run at your quarterback and you, you don't do anything... Or can't do anything to stop him. Okay? Damn sorry. You're horrible in friggin' pass protection. Alright? A guy that I like a lot. That I know I get a lot. You know, that, that I get a, a, a lot of flack about. LaMichael Pirine. He's been in the entire... He, he's been in the entire season for three whole snaps. Two of them on pass, on pass protection... One carry, this kid at Florida, when you watch him, great in pass protection. Doesn't fumble. Catches the ball out of the backfield. Can make guys miss miss when he needs to. And when you need third and two, third and three, he's going to get you six, seven yards. And he's going to carry five people with him. Because that's what he did at the University of Florida. I don't care that he got drafted when Adam Gase was head coach. He's here now. Use his ass. That's what he's there for. Why is he not getting any play? Don't tell me it's because of the playbook. Don't tell me it's because of attitude issues. Don't tell me it's because of uh, because of whatever. I don't want to hear it. Jeremy, we got six games left in this season. You know what I want to see for these six games? I want to see evaluation from the top down. I want to see... The best product that you can muster with the 53-man roster plus the practice squad 
Because otherwise, going into the offseason, dude, if you thought last year's offseason was bad, the noise around the New York Jets was bad, it is about to get 10,000 times exponentially worse. Especially if we have questions at the quarterback position. Joe Douglas does not have a solid draft. And we don't have a solid free agency signing period. There is going to be a lot. And Scott Kalisby, I know you're in the comments. There ain't no Zach excuse posse here. There's not. So, your thoughts. Tell me what you think. I agree that it appears, and it's hard to ignore, that there appears to be a lot of nepotism. There appears to be a lot of, that's not our guy, so he can't play. The fact that uh, Cole is you know, I, I forget about the drops that Mims made. There's no excuse for it, and it stinks because he needed to take advantage of his opportunity. But him starting the year with all those games where he, where Cole's playing over him, to me, was nonsense because I don't care what they look like in practice. Uh, there were games where Cole was invisible, right? And when Mims right. comes in, he performs. And you know what? He had a few drops, but that was his one game. I'm glad he's going to be playing this week. But with Michael P. Ryan... He, you are absolutely spot on. He's the best pass protection running back we have on the team. And God knows, if you watch the first six, seven games of the year, we needed somebody who could block. Thank you. Protect. Thank we you. the best running back possible. So go ahead, continue. You're um, on a roll, brother. Go for it. You're on fire. Yeah. If you look at last year, if you're just looking at the stats for Michael P. Ryan, you're, oh, for Michael P. Ryan and you're saying, oh, his average yards, that's your problem. You're not watching the tape. Because how many times was the first point of contact behind the line of scrimmage and he got us two yards anyway? Now, not, how many running backs do not do that? They get caught for a loss of yardage. Michael P. Ryan did not do that. If you watch him play by play when he actually played last season, he would turn nothing into something. He, I said it all along. That's our power back. He's our best power back. I don't care about his size. And people say, oh, well, he can't be a true power. No, no, no. He could, he will get you that yard, that two yards. Third and one, he will get you the yard. He just will. He does. He's strong. He does all the other intangibles. And what we needed most was blocking. The fact that he's not getting a chance is crazy. If we go through the rest of the year and you don't see him get a chance after we spent a fourth-round draft pick on him, and he's done nothing to deserve to not be given a chance. Because every t- because there's nothing he did in his career as a Jet so far that we have seen that would that's negative in the sense that you'd say, don't play that guy, I don't like him. One of the things that I, I, uh, I still am getting aggravated about, <laughs> Scott Cleesby in the chat, man, he, he always knows how to, how to mess up my train of thought over here. This just in, Mims just dropped another pass. <laughs> so so did Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson just another, uh, uh, another and, uh, you know, the Bayside Bears over here in Palm Bay just recovered it. They recovered it on the, the, the 25-yard line first. The, the, it's just, it, it, you know, again, I want to go back to the Texans game. And this is what I thought was Zach's biggest problem. When you go and take a look, even on the interception, right, where Ty Johnson has his back turned, and he 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 ends up hitting him yeah. in the back, and then the ball ends up being being intercepted. And there was another one where he threw at Jamison Crowder's feet. So there was another one that he threw at Ty, at Ty Johnson's feet. I get it; he was trying to shake off the rust. But here's the thing: if you feel if, as offensive coordinator, this is where I kind of put this on Michael Floor a little bit, because you know you got a kid who's coming off injury, right? So if your idea is to ease him in. Design runs, quick outs, short passes, high percentage, high completion. Because you knew that the, the Texans did not know what to expect. They were not putting 10 guys in the box, Jeremy. They were not playing cover zero or cover one high safety. They were playing shallow zone. So Braxton Berrios had, he, Braxton Berrios had, had a pass. That it, it looked like he was catching a Nolan Ryan fastball. You can't do that. But you also can't put the you can't put the ball on a string. You have to put that ball on touch. These are things that, like you just said, they have to be automatic. They have to be mentally there where you're doing it and you're not even thinking about it. 
And the fact that when you go and you take a look at his footwork, at his footwork, he starts doing pitter-pat like this. Okay? It's almost as if, like, he's panicked. Instead of stand your ground, you're going into a two-step drop and you're getting that short thing. Two-step drop, balls out. Okay, three-step drop, bang, balls out. Between your five-step and your seven-step drops, that's where your design rollouts or where you're going and you're looking and you're, you're, you're A, you're looking for your hot route. You got your second. Then you got your check down. And then if you see that all three of them and the C's part in front of you, then you run. If you have no place to run and you step up in the pocket and there's no place for you to escape and you don't want to take a sack, then you throw it at the receiver's feet. Especially if they're, if they're not open. Or you throw it away. Even if you fall forward for a yard, a two-yard gain is better than a 10-yard sack. And it was one sack that he took that he was running away from coverage. And he just ran out of bounds because he forgot where he was. You can't make mistakes like that. That's freaking peewee football. That's peewee football 101. Remember where the line of scrimmage is. These are the reasons why I have concerns. I have concerns about Zach, and I feel like he's got these six games to write all of those concerns. But also another thing, too. And if you... <laughs> Scott Kalisby again. Uh, man, Scott, you're, bring, you're, you're bringing the heat tonight. You're going to take away his favorite play, throwing at the, at the receiver's feet. <laughs> no! No, I'm taking it away. I'm sorry. We take the Pampers away. We take the pacifier away. That's it. Time to play big boy football. But one of the things that I, that I, uh, I wanted to ask you was... In regards to the six games coming up, what is it that you you particularly want to see from Zach going forward? And do you agree that he's got these six games to figure it out, to at least show that he's starting to figure it out, show signs of a little bit of progression, a little bit of step forward? Or if he doesn't, then what do you think is going to be the, 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 the downfall? Four is yours. Go for it. The first thing that it has to start at, at the very base... He can't make the same mistakes. If he's if he continue, if he if he over the next six games are making the same exact mistakes that he's done up to now and he's doing it repeatedly, we are in trouble. We got problems because we went through this. We went we just went through having a quarterback who was not coachable. He would make the same mistakes over and over again. So we can't have that. So we I mean what we need now more than anything is we need to see that he's not gonna make those same mistakes. Second is we need to see that passing accuracy come back. So obviously that's up to the coaches too. The way he's practicing, the way he's preparing. I don't want to see in third quarter than he was in the first quarter. I don't I throw more practice passes before the game. Warm up better. Figure it out. Why are you throwing it into the ground? And you can't throw a pass, and then in the second quarter you get into your rhythm. Do something to get into a rhythm when the before the game starts. Right. Find a routine because. First quarter is as important as the second quarter and the third quarter, every quarter, because you can't put your team in a hole every time. Um, have quarterbacks had awful years, and then I and I hate this comparison. Well, Josh Allen was bad his first year. Okay, I'm not saying it's impossible that Dak Wilson can't have a you know he has a horrible year that he can't turn it around and have a good year. But that's not what we're we're not looking for the, to, to walk around saying well lots of quarterbacks had horrible years, lots of rookie quarterbacks had really good years. We used right. a second round pick on this guy. We put everything into him. So it's I'm not going to sit there and say, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay, don't worry." No, it's not okay. I don't want to live through an off season where we have to sit there and he's a huge question mark because he hasn't shown that he can improve. It's like, "Okay, at this point his numbers are not going to look great and pretty the way we wanted them to look. We would want them to look when the year started." Okay, start over. I want to look at these 6 games and they need to be much much better than all those other games. The numbers better come up, and it's better be – and it's not just the numbers. It's the play. The play has got to be better and more consistent. And then it's not over yet because when next season starts, because we went through that too, uh, everybody said with Sam Darnold, oh, look at the last six games. He's on track, and he's stuck. Right. So he's got to come into game one next year, game two next year, game three next year. He's got to come into those games, and he's got to take – he's not only got to improve in the last six games, he's got to start from that point next season. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're we got problems. Yeah, I agree. And one of the one of the things too that I want to see is I want to see consistency. Like last week, we won right against the Texans. 
The Jets have not really been able to string back-to-back victories since Adam Gase's first year as head coach. So one of the things that the New York Jets struggle with is consistency. So my thing is, is that, okay, so we our game against, uh, uh, against Houston. Can you now turn around and build off that momentum for the stuff that you did in the second half? And can you now build off of that in the Philly game? Can you go out and start making those touch passes? Can you go out and hit those bubble screens? Can you go and do those design rollouts and start hitting those idiot routes? Keep the chains moving. Don't take that sack. Be smart with the ball. If the play's not there, throw it away. That's all I want to see. Okay? Robert Sala even said at the end of the game that at the second half, he felt that Zach managed the game well. Which is, which is good, okay? But you've got to build off of it. If you come out and you have another crappy performance against Philadelphia, and we're actually going to talk about that in just a moment, you have a bad performance against the Eagles, a team that the Jets have not beaten? Dude, it, it's... There's, there's going to... The, the, the patience of Jet fans around the world are already running thin. And I know that a lot of people want to be patient with Zach. They're like, we think he's going to get it. We think he's going to do this. We think he's going to do that. We think he's going to do the other thing. That's great. You could believe in the kid all you want. But he's got to show it on the football field. Because for me, where I'm at and the mentality that I have as a New York Jets fan, and even as a broadcaster up here, okay, enough talk. Show me. Those were my words. Coming into this season, everybody was like, all gas, no break. Robert Sala's going to do this. Robert Sala's going to change the culture. And and we were all like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm like, show me. Show me. Yeah, you want to go sell t-shirts. You want to go sell rally towels. You want to go sell mugs. You want to go sell koozies. You want to go sell sneakers. Show me the product on the field. Then I'll start sticking my hand in my pocket and start buying some more Jets gear. Because right now I'm not buying squat until this team shows me that they are turning the corner. And I don't care if that makes me a bad fan and so be it. But you know what? I have my principles. I've been watching this team for almost 45 years now. And all it is is wash, rinse, repeat. It's just different people telling you the same crap. Oh, this is our vision for the future. Oh, this is our vision for this guy. Oh, this is our vision for that guy. We believe in this guy. And then you go out and you go 1-15. in 15. And then you're asking people to pay tens of thousands of dollars for season tickets. And then the PSLs. And then not to mention the people who go and buy individual game tickets. The cost of parking. The cost that it, it, it costs to eat at, the, at MetLife Stadium. What, you're going to go and spend four, 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 $500 to watch a 2-14 and 14 football team? No. No. We deserve better as fans. We deserve better as consumers. Okay? Pull your head out of your ass and put a competitive product on the football field. Don't give me, oh, I've been going to games for 50 years and I've been doing this and I've been doing that. Look, fans could do whatever they want, dude. Everybody roots for this team in their own way. And every single fan has their own singular opinion on what they think the Jets should do, what they think is going on right now with the organization, etc. I have mine, you you have yours. We may agree on some stuff, we may not agree on some stuff, but that's the beauty of it. Okay, we're not a bunch of mindless idiots running around here going, Yeah, I agree, dude! It's my beer! <laughs> oh, drives me crazy. So, anything to add before think, we uh, before I, we go into the uh, Philly game? I think that you speak for every fan, especially the ones that have been fans as long as we have. We have the right to expect a product. We have the right to not have to watch Pittsburgh, Baltimore, New England, of uh, win year after year, be competitive year after year, uh, up until this year, Seattle, what they've done in the last bunch of years. Like, we have the right to say, I'm tired of watching it be everybody else. 
I'm tired of it. Stop saying what you're going to do and just go out and do it. And you're right. Like maybe you shouldn't spend any money until they give, until they have a product that's worth, you know, if, if, if you go to a restaurant and they're burning the food and the food tastes horrible and they say to you, yeah, yeah, we're hiring a different chef. You go back. If the food is still horrible. They're saying, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're really growing. We're training them. You're not going to keep going to that restaurant. You're not going to eat that crappy food. You're going to say, I'll come here when the food tastes good. Right. I agree. Because you get sick and tired of throwing good money after bad. So, do you know, and I, 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 I bring this up. I, I just want to bring up this one point. Then I want to get some comments on the air. And then we're going to start to transition in, into Jets Eagles. Um. You realize that in the five years that Mike McCagnan was was there, do you realize that man had over $450 million for a supposed rebuild? $450 million over a five-year period. And do you know what that got us, Jeremy? One ten and 6 season, one four and 12 season, Back to back five and eleven seasons, and then another four and twelve season, in which we hired the meth head from from South Beach, because you know Christopher Johnson, you know he was taking phone calls from anybody. It took it it, it took Peyton Manning twenty minutes for them to seal the deal for Adam Gase. Meanwhile, I forgot who the hell it was. It was Dan Olavsky or or, or or somebody. Who had a two and a half hour a two and a half hour conversation with Christopher Johnson about why he should hire Mike McCarthy? I think, I think it was either Mike McCarthy or Todd Bonkin or or, or 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 somebody. Come on, give Joe Douglas an opportunity to work, give Robert Sala an opportunity to coach, and I get that Zach is a rookie, and if you guys think I'm I'm being too hard on him, I'm sorry, but you want to know something? A- accountability has got to be had. Salah's got to do a better job, or he probably figures it out for himself. LaFleur had to do a better job with this offense. I'm sure he figured it out, but he needs to continue doing it. Ulbrich. Ulbrich needed to do a better job for the defense. I'm surprised Guy Fisher's not in the chat right now going, fire Jeff Ulbrich now. After giving up over 100 points in three games. So it's, it, it, it's like, yeah, you, you be patient, be patient, be patient, but there's only so much patience. I can be patient when I see that there's progress being made. When I see that we win 34-31 one week and then next week we're getting 45 points scored on us and the, and the offense looks like it doesn't know its ass from a hole in the ground, then I have an issue. That's not consistency. When I see my defense on the field for 75-80% of the game, that's, that's not consistency. You, you win by scoring points. You don't win by overtaxing your defense. Now, <laughs> Scott Cleese be in the chat going, hurry up and wait. All right, so I want to get to some of these chat, uh, some of these comments in here. I want to thank everybody who's tuning in right now, all seven of you uh, who are watching, who are chiming in. Uh, Scott Cleese no, you can do that. You just should. Uh, you're going to take away his favorite play, thrown at the re- uh, th- thrown at the receiver's feet. Uh, Scott, again, stand in the pocket and make the throw. Even quarterbacks that scramble, they stay in the pocket until they have to run. He, he's got a very good point there. Scott, again, if the Jets go to move, it, it, it's the Jets' go-to move. Draft a one-hit wonder in college. For the love of God, can we please draft a quarterback that's done it for multiple years in college? Would it kill us to do so? There, he's got a point, too. Uh, Matthias Simon, thank you again for tuning in. I don't think we will win the game, but I do think Zach plays better. Scott Kalisby again, and Zach we trust. Scott Kalisby again, I'm still waiting for the 10 or 11 wins some fans said that we were going to get. Laugh out loud. Greenhouse, shout out to them. Look, Zach has a ton of talent. It will just take him time to adjust to the NFL game. He did the same thing in college. Yes, he will have to prove it, but it's going to take him a couple of years. This is not going to be a one-year thing. Well... Green Zone, I got a ton of respect for you. I really do. I appreciate you chiming in every single week. But, dude, in the NFL, this is an entirely different speed game than college. 
I get it. I know you get that. You, you, you got a ton of football knowledge out there. And believe me, I, I, I respect your opinion. But you know what? To me, the kid's got six games to show that he was worth taking a risk with the number two overall pick. Or otherwise, the entire offseason is going to be nothing but is Zach Wilson a bust? You got people already calling Zach Wilson a bust and the kids only played six games. Scott in the comments, CJ needs a hug, laugh out loud. Greenhouse, everyone gets three years, QB coach and GM. I agree. But they got they got to show improvement. You got to at least show that the arrow's pointing up and not sideways. Uh, Scott Cleesby again, hurry up and wait. No, I win by betting the over. We found our Kool-Aid drinker, laugh out loud. So... And shout out to Miss uh, <laughs> to Airman Natasha Lesh, uh, who is actually messaging me private. Um, she's she's one of my coworkers at uh, Patrick Space Force Base. So thank you, Natasha, for tuning in tonight. I appreciate you with the view. So, all right, Jeremy, let's switch gears. Let's talk Jets Eagles. Show me three. Uh, tell me three things you want to see. I want to see a better game from Zach Wilson. That's obvious. We talked about that up till now. So obviously that's going to be number one on my list. There's got to be steps forward by him. I mean, that's what I'm looking for. Number two is I don't want any more excuses. I'm sick and tired of hearing people all week say, the Eagles got a great running game. They run the hell out of the ball, so it's going to be tough. We got Sheldon Rankins. We got Fatakasi. We just paid JFM. We got Quinnen Williams. There's no excuse. We got... C.J. Mosley, don't tell me that it's not our fault if we don't stop the run. We know they run the ball. If we don't stop it, that's ridiculous, and it's pathetic on our part. There's no excuse for it. There's no excuse for it. We better stop their run. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of knowing what an offense is going to do, and we sit there helplessly, and we can't do anything about it. The other thing I want to see us do overall as an off, uh, um, as as a defense is I want, I want to continue to put pressure on the quarterback. I don't want that to be just a fluke thing where it happens once every five games. Um, I don't need five to seven sacks, but you better pressure the quarterback a lot and give me two to three sacks. It's got to be part of what our team does. Um, and I'll even know, I'll even um, add a fourth thing. I'd like to see Denzel Mims, who we're going to need this week, step up and redeem himself a little bit because never in his career, college or otherwise, have I seen him drop passes? And he did when he finally got his chance. Um, I don't know if, it, you know, not many people get a second chance. He just had this window of opportunity presented to him that uh, both guys are hurt ahead of him. And if he doesn't take advantage of the opportunity and he's going to make everybody that's screaming and yelling for Denzel Mims, free Denzel Mims, we're all going to look stupid for yelling it because there's only so many chances you can give a guy. He needs to catch the ball. Yeah, I agree. Those are actually three very, very good things to uh, to look out for. The three things that I want to see in this game, number one thing is, uh, and I, I'm going to be right there with you. I'm, I'm actually going to go in reverse order. The number three thing that I want to see is, like you, I want to see the New York Jets stop the Philadelphia Eagles running game. That's what they've been hanging their hat on recently. It's been giving them success. The New York Jets need to make them one-dimensional, need to make them throw the ball for them to have um have success now Lowell Litchmore was in the chat that um he's given us some news apparently uh Sheldon Rankins and Foley Fatukasi might not play um I don't know that for sure I do need to do some research on that to find out if they are if they are indeed questionable for Sunday's game um one of the things that the second thing that I want to see is I want to see our defense make those critical stops in the fourth quarter when they need to Okay, because even with the struggles of the offense, even with the struggles of Zach Wilson, our defense cannot allow itself to give our opponent long, time-consuming, chain-moving drives. You need to be able to get off that field, force them into that three and out or four and out or maybe six and out if you want to give them a first down or whatever. You definitely have to play the field position paddle. And you, you, in the fourth quarter, you need to have enough in the tank to make that critical stop when you needed to. Because the game could potentially be on the line for that. Number one thing that I want to see, I want to see this offense click. I don't want to hear any more excuses about Denzel Mims. I don't want to hear any more excuses about Zach Wilson. I don't want to hear any more excuses about the running game. 
I want to see this team go out and perform on all cylinders. I want to see Elijah Moore on fire. I want to see Denzel Mims on fire. I want to see Jameson Crowder on fire. I want to see Zach Wilson slinging the ball all over the place, making the making the throws the correct way that he needs to be making the throws. Our running backs playing well in pass protection and getting open when they need to. I want to see our offense playing fast, playing smart, playing competent, competitive football. And for the love of God, please do not embarrass yourself. You have not beaten the Eagles ever. The Eagles are 11-0. That's all I've been hearing all friggin' week. From the Eagles fans I work with, and from the Eagles fans that I'm friends with on Twitter and Facebook. Ah, chalk up another win for the Eagles, baby! Can we, for the love of God, at least beat a team we're not supposed to beat? I mean, I know we already beat Cincinnati. We already beat Tennessee. Although Tennessee, a lot of people are still poo-pooing on that because they said there was no no Julio Jones and no A.J. Brown. I'm sorry, you play who starts that Sunday. And Derrick Henry ran for almost 150 yards on that team, and we still found a way to win. All right, so give him that. But this, this is a spot right here. This is where the Jets can make a statement. Because the Eagles need this game more than the Jets do. Okay, to stay in the, the playoff the, the playoff race in the, the NFC East, which is just like the equivalent of the garbage pails kids on steroids. All right, so now, Jeremy, I'm going to put you on the spot. Three keys to a Jets victory. I'm going to put you, I'm going to anoint you the head coach of the New York Jets against the Philadelphia Eagles, my friend. You're in that war room with your, um, your your coaches. You're sitting at the table over there. It's almost like a mob like a mob meeting, except everybody's in t-shirt and shorts. And there's pizza in the middle of the table instead of uh, you know wine, cheese, and and, and and grapes. Okay. Talk to me. What are your three keys? The first, and this will be a key to any game, maybe, and. And people might get tired of that if they listen to me a lot, but I don't care because just as a football fan, um, I I will always label the first key is winning the battle in the trenches. And um, when I say that, I mean both the defensive and offensive line. We have to win those battles. Um, we have to win there. Offensively, we have to push the guys back. We have to establish a running game um, so we can establish, you know do the play action and, and play the offensive system the way it's meant to be played um use the run to establish the play action pass in the pass um and control the ball and not turn it over i mean that's that's the west coast offense like to its t that's what it's got to be and it starts in the trenches with the offensive line um and on the other side it's the defensive line because the defensive line is the key to our defense right now um especially if you're going up against a running team um they cannot allow long drives that tire out the defense and stop our offense from getting into its rhythm. So battle of the trenches. The second key is Zach Wilson's got to be able to we've got the whole show. It's got to happen. Um, it's, it's, we don't, you know, we don't want to be throwing the ball deep. It leads to turnovers. It leads to takeaways. The Eagles are not bad at getting takeaways. Um, so it's it's even connected, establishing a short, uh, you know, connecting, getting that short game, that running game, those screen passes, that also helps prevent turnovers. So, um, and it connects to that turnover, which turnovers are always a key to any game. Um, and then the third is we, the third key for me, not giving up big plays. Um, the Eagles actually, I don't know the exact statistic, but they're on the upper part of the NFL in big offensive plays. And I've seen us give up a lot of big offensive plays. So my third key is, is that we do not give up the big play. Yes, absolutely. Three excellent keys to victory for the New York Jets over the Philadelphia Eagles. Now I'm going to give you my three keys to victory. Number three, establish and dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That's where games are won and lost the majority of the time. And Scott Kalispe just confirmed they had the rookie from Arkansas that's actually going to be playing um, Sheldon Rankins has, in fact, been ruled out. There's going to be some new faces on the defensive line. Also, we'll probably get to see a little bit more of defensive end Jabari Zuniga, who thrived in a 4-3 uh, defensive system under Todd Grantham at the U- University of Florida. 
I'm hoping that he will get his opportunity to be able to cut his chops and contribute with the run defense as he was very heavily used in run defense and he was also heavily used in their pass rush. Along with Jonathan Grenard and DiBiate, I can't remember the dude's name, but he's actually a senior. He's going to be coming out in the draft this year. So, going to be interesting to see exactly how that transpires. But again, dominate that line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Defensive line creates so much trouble for Philadelphia that they don't know themselves. And number two, pass protect Zach Wilson so he can get the ball out to the weapons. Number two key to victory. Offense. Yes, I'm looking at you. Put some points on the board. Keep the chains moving. Denzel Mims, I'm looking at you. Catch the damn ball. Okay, you're getting another opportunity to be able to go out and to make another impression and play at a level that's going to force the New York Jets to keep you. This is the only opportunity. These opportunities do not come along. Herb Brooks said that to the 1980 Olympic hockey team. The only way they're going to stay here is if you play at a level that's going to force me to keep you here. And he wasted no time in sending people home. That being said, the offense needs to be efficient. LaFleur needs to call the game of his life. All right? And Zach Wilson needs to prove why he was worth taking with the number two overall pick. Point blank period, the end. That's what you got to do. My number one key to victory. And yes, defense, I'm looking at you. Defense, you're going to have to make those tough plays in the fourth quarter when you are completely tired and completely gassed and whatever. Because the only way the New York Jets are going to be successful is by keeping the Philadelphia at bay. Stop that running game. Make them one-dimensional. Make Jalen Hurts have to beat you with his arm, not with his legs, with his arm, and force him into sloppy turnovers, which he is very capable of. This Philadelphia Eagles team lost to the New York Giants, a team, in my opinion, which is worse than them. And I'm sorry. I think that we have more talent on our team than the New York Giants. And if the Giants could beat this team, then I'm sure that the New York Jets stand a puncher's chance against them, provided they play the way that they're capable of playing. Same defense that showed up in Houston, that they pitched the shutout, you guys need to replicate the same game that you did to keep your offense in it in Houston this week against Philly. Give the home fans something to cheer about. And those are my three keys to a Jets victory. All right. Jeremy, we're starting to come up against it over here. I can't thank you enough for joining me tonight. You always bring in passion. Dude, I, uh, I I swear, man, if we were in the Bronx, I'd be like, yo, man, let's go, let's go to Pizzeria and get a couple slices. Come on, man. <laughs> let's do it <laughs> i'm telling you man it would be awesome I would, I would love to hang out with you and do that man, Hell, man. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know if you ever I, <laughs> I tell you man if i was still up you there I'd be, your <laughs> if i was still up there i'd be like yo come on let's go so i got a couple of good pizza bronx i'm from the Bronx well, section of the bronx there's uh this there's, there's, there's tommy's pizza there's frank's pizza um uh, I, I know Tommy's is still there. I don't know about Frank's, but it's been years since I've been to Throg's Neck. But, uh, yeah, uh, Tommy's was always my, uh, my my favorite pizzeria to go to. So right there on Tremont. See, if we both lived in New York, we – yeah, if we both lived in New York, we would uh, – like or we're both, both ever visiting, you take me to two places in the Bronx, and I'll take you to two places in Brooklyn because I'll take you to Ellen B. Spamorni Gardens and uh, I'll take you to Faro's. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. You know what? If I ever find myself back up there, dude, you're the first person I'm calling. No doubt. All right. All right. Well, I got to go there, too, because I'm in Sacramento. Remember, I'm in California, so yeah. I got to visit at the same time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got we to gotta do that. We got to make this happen somehow. All right. So let's give our final thoughts for tonight, uh, wrap this show up. So floor is yours, my friend. Give me your final thoughts on uh, on our show this evening. Well, my final thoughts are we really need some wins. This is this year is not about draft. Uh, we have plenty of capital, and we can root for the Seattle Seahawks to lose. There's no room here for what good <laughs> is it to win. We need to change the culture, and we need to change the culture now. We need to see the growth now. We need to see this team prove to us that they're stepping forward. Um, we already have, we have three wins, and I know some people are saying that's more than last year, but it doesn't matter. We need to get to five, six wins this year at least. So next year we're talking eight, nine, ten wins because we can't wait forever. 
we need to put the product there now. We need the product now. And there's no excuses and no reason we can't have it now. Um, so we go into this game against the Eagles. It's a winnable game. And I'm sick and tired of hearing about the history of the Eagles against us. I'm tired of hearing about their running game. I'm tired of hearing any excuses. We need to go out there and we need to win that game. And each week we need to go out with the attitude that we're going to win the game. And we're going to end up with a lot more wins this year and hold our head up and get some respect. Amen to that. I couldn't have said it any better myself. My final thoughts are, I just want to see a better effort a more competitive effort against the Eagles than I than I did against the Texans. Yes, I understand we won the game. Yes, I understand the fact that the defense pitched the shutout in the second half. Yes, I understand that Zach Wilson played better as a game manager in the second half and he made the throws that he needed to and he didn't make as many mistakes as he did in the first half. I want a full, complete 60-minute game of football. Go out there and build off the positive performance that you put out there in bits and pieces of the Texans game and do it for a full 60 minutes against the Philadelphia Eagles. Plain and simple. They need this game more than you, and you have an opportunity to play spoiler. Not only do you have an opportunity to play spoiler, but you also have an opportunity to get your first win against this team ever in the regular season. Preseason don't count. Okay, Preseason is dress rehearsal, and a lot of times the guys that you're playing are just the bums off the street that are going to be bagging groceries the next week once cut once cut down day comes all right that doesn't count this counts these these games count these wins and losses count go out there play hard play 60 minutes and don't embarrass yourself plain and simple give the new york jet fans something to cheer about rather than to go home and to be mad about something else all right that's gonna do it for tonight's episode of weapons hot a New York Jets broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Jeremy, give out your social media information and also the information on your YouTube channel so that fans of Weapons Hot can follow you, interact with you, catch the content on your channel, etc. Okay, on Twitter, I'm at Jeremy Cravat too. It's Jeremy Chaos Cravat at Jeremy Cravat too on Twitter um, and on YouTube. It is NFL Chaos with Jeremy. Um, I bring plenty of chaos. You like fire. I'm bringing the fire and content for all over the NFL. So I'll be doing all kinds of videos, watch parties. I'll do doing my takes. I'll be doing news. Um, I'll be having lots of guests. I'll be bringing on guests for up uh, from other NFL football teams. So You'll get to hear from other teams um, and hear their perspective. How do they see the Jets? How do they see their own team? You get to ask them questions in live streams. All that good stuff on NFL Chaos with Jeremy. And hopefully I will. you'll see me a lot more back here because I love talking with CJ. Um, I love when I have the opportunity also to see Kevin and Jimmy. You guys are the best. Love the show. And thank you for having me on, CJ. You bet, Jeremy. Thank you again for, for joining me tonight. On such notice, you can follow uh, on on such short notice, should I say? You can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partners in crime on the other side of the glass, which are MIA this evening. Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. Weapons Hot has a Facebook page. Our content is up there. Go like, hit that like button. Message us. We'll message you right back. We love talking about fans. About this, leave us some feedback about how we're doing here on Weapons Hot. If you think you you love the show and you think we're doing a great job, by all means, leave us a comment. If you think we suck and we know nothing about football, that's fine too. Leave us a comment too. We we, we control back and forth with you all day long because, again, we love interacting with listeners, watchers of the show. Best way to catch us right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network every single Friday night at 7 p.m. Worldwide Sports Radio Network has a Facebook page. Go and hit the notifications bell. Every time we go live or any time of the great shows on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network go live, you'll get a notification and you'll be able to watch it right on your smartphone or on your PC. Don't want to do that? Download the app. The app's available on Google Play. Just search up Worldwide Sports Radio Network if you have an Android If you have an iPhone, go to the Apple iOS store and type in WWSRN. 
And of course, last but certainly not least, Weapons Hot After Dark on YouTube, which is the uncensored version, unfiltered version of this show. So, for Mr. Jeremy Chaos Cravat, joining me tonight from his top secret bunker, this is CJ the Painkiller Simone signing off for tonight. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets. And you know what? Tonight I'm going to leave you guys with, in my opinion, is still the best chant in the National Football League. We'll catch you guys next week. Let's hopefully get a win against those Philadelphia Eagles. This has been Weapons Hot on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.